Off Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. If you need a new window or a new door, Pella is the answer. Take it from me, someone who just had the Pella team install some new windows, a new bay window, a new front door. The experience working with Pella was great, and the job they did was excellent. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Shoot360 Lincoln, the world's most advanced basketball training facility. My brother and I are the owners, and what we are building there is truly special. We opened just, gosh, about 12 days ago, and man, we have really hit the ground running. We've already eclipsed over 100 members, and Our team of coaches, combined with the incredible Shoot360 product, it's an amazing combination. So if you have a kid, really of any age or skill level, fourth grade beginner all the way to big-time college player and beyond, we can help you get better faster, fall in love with the game, and be encouraged and challenged, but most importantly, have fun during the process. We specialize in shooting, ball handling, and passing. Our patented and proprietary technology is the same technology the 26 NBA teams use, and it's truly spectacular. Go to shoot360.com backslash Lincoln to schedule your official recruiting visit. It's a free one-hour workout to see what we can provide for you. I'm telling you, you are going to be blown away. So check out Shoot360 Lincoln. Go to Shoot360.com backslash Lincoln today. Okay. On the pod today, we're talking Nebraska basketball. little preview for the Huskers. And it, when, when you think about Nebraska basketball this upcoming season, I think it's important to think about how last year ended. Keep in mind that Nebraska – Fred Hoiberg's Huskers, they had the best record in the Big Ten from February 1st to the end of the regular season. They went 6-2. and two. They had the best record in the Big Ten during that stretch. I, I, the team, if you look at it, last year, sometimes you got to say it out loud, the team won nine Big Ten games. Nine. So there's, there's a little momentum as I see it Heading into this year, I know the you know the Big Ten tournament didn't go didn't go great, losing to Minnesota and all those sorts of things. But to me, how that season ended, you just you kind of feel a little something. And you look back on last year, man, it would have been interesting to see this team fully healthy all year. Sam Greasel, Bandamel, Juwan Gary, Derek Walker, like if all those guys could have been healthy throughout the entire year, it'd be interesting to see what that 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 core group could have done. But what's weird is. All the injuries to Bandamel and to Gary and 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 Walker uh, being out early, but really the injuries at the end of the year, mainly Bandamel and Gary. The injuries kind of unlocked something too, mainly Kese Tominaga. Like I'm not sure without those injuries if you get to see the full Kese Tominaga experience for that final month of the season. I mean, the reality is. The offense just became kind of built around Tominaga. And I think it it was a great adjustment from Fred Hoiberg to just go, okay, listen, we're just going to headhunt his man. He's going to be moving off screens. He's going to be the guy that's kind of creating predicaments for the defense who will play off of that. So in a weird way, it would have been, yes, it's like you would have loved to see what that group would have been like healthy all year, but it also the injuries kind of allowed you to see what Kese Tominaga could be, the best version of him potentially. 
But the other thing it did is it really unlocked, I thought, some of that defensive grit and fight because that group was so shorthanded that they knew their fight and their competitiveness and their attention to detail had to be perfect for them to have a chance. But any way you slice it, I just think you have to like how Nebraska ended the season last year. And the other thing is sometimes you just got to you got to trust your eyes and trust your gut regardless of just everything else. Sometimes you just got to okay, trust your eyes, trust your gut. Nebraska basketball just kind of felt like it was heading in the right direction last year to me. It just it just it did. Now again, I get it, man. You know, it, it's it, Hoiberg's been here for for four or five years here, and you know, it was year four for him last year, and they didn't even make the postseason. So it's like, Nick, what are you talking about? I get it, I, I totally get it. But to me, everything's relative. Relative to where you're at as a program, relative to your expectation level, and not to make excuses for for Fred Hoiberg, because some of all of this was on him. And, and some of the struggles early on in his tenure in Lincoln. But it almost felt like, to me, like last year was year one. Because Fred Hoiberg really hit reset. He kind of blew it all up and started all over. He brought in a, a kind of a brand new coaching staff. He changed his approach and his identity to being a gritty defensive team. And he's also learned what the Big Ten is like. So for me, I like Fred Hoiberg. I think he's a great coach, and I think it's in everyone's best interest to see it through and with, with him all the way. Fred Hoiberg has adjusted a lot. And I want to see what this program can look like with all these adjustments. So, I was pleased with with last year and in a in a in a weird kind of way. And and listen, if that bothers you that I'm saying that, then I'm sorry. That's just that's how it is, right? Like I thought Fred Hoiberg kind of coached his ass off last year. Period. And I'm anxious to see what what this season looks like. So, that was a little kind of like just lay of the land before we get into the nuts and bolts of, of what this pod's going to be. So I wrote down 10 things with Nebraska basketball that are on my mind as this season is is just around the corner. 10, I don't know if you want to call them keys or storylines or questions or thoughts, whatever. Whatever you want to label it. I got 10 thoughts for you with Nebraska basketball. So let's get into it. 2023-2024 Nebraska basketball preview. 10 thoughts. Here we go. Thought number one kind of building off of everything I just said. I think you see a culture forging and a, and a standard getting established. So for me, I saw it coming together last year at times. To me, it started with the win at Creighton. I did that game on TV. That was eye-opening. Sitting courtside, those guys were flying around and playing hard. So that caught my eye. Then Nebraska played Purdue tough as hell and almost beat them. Then the injury set in and they had to rally. And like I said, the way they finished the season was really strong. Again, best record in the Big Ten from February 1st to the end of the regular season. That was your Nebraska Cornhuskers. 
Nebraska went from a team the first few years under Fred Hoiberg where I thought the culture was bad. I'll be honest with you. I thought it was bad. Team was soft. Team didn't compete. They didn't fight, especially the team two years ago. It's hard to watch. But again, like I said, Fred Hoiberg then flipped it. And in a short period of time, the effort, execution, toughness, and competitiveness completely changed. And I went to practice a few weeks back and sitting there watching them 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 go through practice. And listen, I, I go to a ton of practices across the country with what I do for Fox College Basketball. This is my 10th year with Fox as a college basketball analyst. I get to see a lot of coaches, a lot of practices, a lot of different ways to, to go about attacking, uh, getting your work done throughout the day. And I see good cultures. I see bad cultures. I can see when something's not going in the right direction. I can also see when something feels like, ooh, this is good. And when I was at practice a few weeks ago, what I saw was a program that just looked like it was in a good spot to me. My, my gut, my eyes told me that the, the culture looked like it was heading in the right direction. It was a good practice. It was competitive. There was purpose. It was physical. It was organized. Guys were serious. Guys were locked in. I just felt like things were heading in the right direction culture-wise last year. And, and then the practice I saw just a few weeks ago, that process was still trending in the right direction. So there, there are a lot of things Nebraska basketball needs to get the program rolling, obviously, talent, of course, being one of them. But you can do a lot of things right, but if you don't get the culture right, it either won't work or it'll be a flash in the pan and then you'll revert back to the seller. And so I like where that process is at. I think Fred Hoiberg is in a good place. I like the coaching staff. I do like a lot of the pieces on this team. Speaking of that coaching staff, I like that Fred Hoiberg has the entire coaching staff back. Like, there's a little bit of continuity. Last year, Fred Hoiberg brought in Ernie uh, Ziegler and, and Adam Howard. Howard has made a big impact on the defense with this team. And then, you know, I think Fred Hoiberg gave even more power and responsibility to a guy that I'm a big fan of and Nate Linzer. So, the good thing is that all those guys are back. And continuity can be tough to come by. And I like that there is staff continuity as well. All the assistants are back, and I think they all complement each other well, which is good. So for me, thought number one is like, I see that culture and that standard. To me, it start, they, they laid that foundation a little bit last year, and that, is con, that process is continuing to trend in the right direction. I liked what I saw at practice. I really did. Thought number two. So I think Fred Hoiberg has learned a lot since taking the job and, and heading to Lincoln here. And one of the things I think Fred Hoiberg has learned is the Big Ten is different, and it is certainly different than the Big 12. The Big Ten is it's different, man. It's, it's a paint and size and experience league. Teams are old, teams are big, teams are physical. And if you are young and lack size, you're in trouble. I think Fred has learned that. 
Like the team two years ago, starting Alonzo Verge, Bryce McGowan's, and playing a young Tominaga and not really having a lot of depth inside is a recipe to get your ass kicked in the Big Ten. And what happened? They got pounded. So Fred Hoiberg, I think, is he's made it a point, and he told me as, as much heading into last year, and it's just continued with the pieces he brought in then this year. He made it a point to recruit positional size. He wanted to get bigger. He's made it a point to do that and to and to forge some depth inside and to try to get older players. This team checks a lot of those boxes. I was struck watching some of the front line guys, the front court guys in practice. It's like Rink Mast is 6'10", 250. Josiah Alec is 6'8", 230. Matar Diop is 6'10", 215, and a freaky athlete. Blaze Kata, 6'11", 255. Jawan Gary, 6'6", 220. Bryce Williams, the Charlotte transfer, 6'7", 215. They got some depth and size in that front line at the four and the five spot, and Bryce Williams can play the three, too. So I really like that, especially at that five spot. They have about three or four different dudes they could throw out there at the five. And even guys like Lawrence and and Jerron Coleman and Sam Hoiberg and Cale Jacobson and Wilcher, they look strong. So I like that. Like I said, it's I I like the size that I saw on that roster. That was thought number two. Thought number three. So I told you, it, you know, it's a paint league, it's a physical league, and it's an old league. Experience is vital in this conference. And this team is an older group. Josiah Alec, his fifth year of college basketball. Jerron Coleman, fifth year of of college basketball. Jawan Gary, fourth year. Rink Mast, fourth year. Bryce Williams, fourth year. C.J. Wilcher, fourth year. Tominaga's a senior, his third year at Nebraska. Blaze Kata's a junior. It's an old team. There's that cliche of you want to get old and stay old. And I think Fred Hoiberg understands that and has done that with this roster. There's not a not a ton of super young players going to be leaned on a ton outside of Jamarcus Lawrence, who is a sophomore. But Lawrence played a lot last year. So again, the Big Ten is a paint size and experience old league. You better have size, you better be good in the paint, and you better have older experienced dudes. Now, I will say a lot of the experience that I just kind of listed out there isn't experience in the Big Ten with this team. But that's but that's okay, I think. I think I think I think guys like Rink Mass from the Missouri Valley Conference and Alec from the Mountain West Conference and Bryce Williams from Conference USA and Jerron Coleman from the MAC, I think they'll make that transition to the Big Ten. I think I think it might take a little bit, but I think they'll they'll be okay. So I like that it's I like these guys are older, they're they're experienced, they've been through it. And oftentimes when you get to that final year, you know, you're like a fourth year, fifth year guy, like you know what you're really worried about? Winning. That's what you're that's what you're you're really, really thinking about. There's the saying of like freshmen want to play, sophomores want to start, and then juniors and seniors want to win. 
So I also I, I like that these guys are old. Thought number four. Listen, by now you're like, geez, Nick, pretty positive so far. Well, yeah, I am. But listen, it's not all sunshine and rainbows with Nebraska because Nebraska's point guard situation is a big, big, big concern for me. The Aaron Euless situation makes things really dicey. Nebraska had a Big Ten experience starting point guard transfer in Euless from Iowa, ready to go. Euless was solid. Um, he's not a great player, but a solid, experienced point guard that was he was going to be fine in handing him the keys to the car. But Euless has gotten caught up in that gambling stuff at Iowa, and it's not good. Now, Euless is still around the team, and there hasn't been a ruling handed down, but based on what I have read about the investigation, I just struggle to see how Euless plays this year. I, I, and to be honest, I, I, to, I'd be maybe, he strikes me as someone that could be done with his eligibility, period. But again, who the hell knows with the NCAA anymore? But I can, I can only speak for me when assessing this situation from the, from the outside looking in. I am operating with the thought that Euless won't play a minute this year for Nebraska. That I have no, there's no intel on that. That is me just looking at the, the investigation with him gambling at Iowa. Like, I think he's in trouble. So when you operate from that position, that at least I am, that point guard spot is a big, big concern. The reality is, without Euless, I'm not sure Nebraska... I'm not sure they have a pure point guard on this roster. I think Lawrence, Jamarcus Lawrence, will start at that point guard spot. But in my opinion, he's more of a combo guard than a pure point guard. I like Lawrence. I just don't know if he is like a true through-and-through pure point guard. Same thing with Jerron Coleman, the Ball State transfer. To me, he's more of a combo guard than a pure point guard. But I will say... Watching him practice and talking a little bit to Fred Hoiberg, Coleman appeared to have some pretty good feel and savvy on the floor. So in pick and roll, seeing the opposite side of the floor, creating passing opportunities, finding guys like he might be a little bit more ready to handle it than I than I think. But I still would not go as far to say like that's a pure point guard right there. You Sam Hoiberg like. Sam Sam is what he is, and I, and I mean that not in a negative way at all. Sam is tough, tough as hell. Sam is smart. Sam knows who he is, and Sam is strong. But Sam isn't a pure point guard, and Sam Hoiberg isn't. He isn't blessed with with high major speed and quickness and size. Right? He's just not. But Sam Hoiberg makes up for it with being tough and smart and strong and all of those kinds of things. Kale Jacobson, uh. I like Kale, but he's a lot like Sam. I mean, I, I think Kale could, I think Kale could slide and play the four almost easier than he could exclusively go run the show at the point guard spot. But I, I like Kale, but again, not a not a pure Big Ten level kind of point guard. So I just look at this roster, and to me, the glaring big question is that point guard spot. And the reality is, man. When you don't have a point guard, basketball is tough. It just puts such a premium on all the other things. Defense, rebounding, turnovers, execution, screening, all those things. 
So again, I think Jamarcus Lawrence will get the nod to start, but I'm very concerned about that position for this year for Nebraska basketball, that point guard spot. Thought number five, Tominaga is back. And like I talked about at the top, what he did in that in the month of February, it and how he lit the world on fire. Like, you can't help but wonder, man, what can he do this year? The way he finished that season, last nine games of the year, 20 points per game. He scored 20 or more seven times. There were five games where he made four or more threes. He was scoring and shooting at a really high clip. The offense revolved around him, and he delivered. And he's a unique player because, his, his first of all, his shooting is truly special. And watching him practice, it is like it's a, it's a sight to behold. Because even in drills, when I say dude doesn't miss, he does not miss. His shooting is truly special. But his off-ball movement is excellent. And most players defensively nowadays aren't used to chasing players off the ball. Like, basketball has really evolved to where it's a lot of like, it's a lot of here comes a ball screen and three guys are then spaced out. And there's, I'm not saying it's all standing, but it's a lot of like, here comes a side ball screen. You got a, you got a shooter in the corner and two shooters on the opposite side. So people are more used to defending ball screens and then what they're doing in that help position off of that. They're, they're not used to, to chasing guys around off of staggered screens and all those kinds of things. And that's where Tominaga is different. It's all off the ball. Tominaga is the kind of guy that can score 25 points and take like three dribbles. It's all back cuts, double screens, pin downs, flare screens, slip into the basket, back cuts, triple screens. It's it's basically very, very rarely that Tominaga dribbles through the defense. Like anybody that watched Nebraska last year, how many times did Tominaga have the ball and, you know, pound it and get his rhythm and then, you know, size the guy up and, you know, in and out, cross, cross, and then change speed? And get, no, that's not his game. That's not what he does. But it's all off the ball, man, moving and, and, and cutting. He finished the season last year kind of captivating Nebraska basketball fans and the Big Ten a little bit, so much so that Tominaga was named preseason All-Big Ten. Ten players were named preseason All-Big Ten, and Tominaga was one of them. So we'll see if he can deliver on that. I think his international experience, I think, really helps him with his confidence and, and playing at this level. I mean, the guy played in the, uh, the Olympic qualifiers with Japan, and he was playing against dudes like Luka Doncic. You think he's really afraid to go take on, like, Northwestern? He's an accomplished international player. So we'll see if he can keep it up. Now, I am curious to see how good he can be without Walker because Walker was a huge part of Tominaga's success in that having a big man that could pass. I talk about all that movement. The guy that was delivering the ball on time on target oftentimes was Derek Walker. Now, Rink Mast is skilled. He's not quite the passer that Walker was, but he can pass the ball. But where Mast is different, the Bradley transfer at that five spot, is he can shoot the three. 
So he'll drag five men out to the three-point line, which is going to open up the lane for back cuts and other things. So I, I am I am curious what life after Walker looks like for Tominaga. And he he's not going to – the other thing is Tominaga's not going to sneak up on anyone now. And I don't know, maybe th- this will still happen where – let's be honest, there was a little bit of like – stereotyping and judging going on with Tominaga and a lack of respect from from people because like let's be honest he doesn't look like much he, he doesn't look like much I'll, I'll never get the first time I saw him you know I'd heard about this. this is the Japanese Steph Curry that's his nickname and I remember doing a game his first his first year at Nebraska and I saw him walk onto the court and I was a little bit like come on man no come on he can't do it at this level and you know that there's a lot of people that that I think there's a sometimes a lack of respect with him. Now I would think he's gonna how he finished it. You 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 score twenty a game for a nine game stretch in the in the heart of Big Ten play. Like you're now gonna have assistant opposing coaches and opposing teams full attention. He's likely going to be on the top of teams defensive scouting reports. Like think about it. Like right now you if you had to take on Nebraska, you're devising a game plan. I think the first guy I'm talking about is Tominaga. So we'll see how all that looks. I think he's going to have a good year. How good of a year? That is the question. Thought number 6, kind of bridging off of that. It kind of leads me into this question. Does Nebraska have an all-Big Ten caliber dude. Is it Tominaga? Is it someone else? Was Tominaga a flash in the pan? Does Nebraska have an all-Big Ten player? It's hard to make the NCAA tournament or any postseason if you don't have an all-conference stud. It just is. Tominaga's been tabbed as that guy in the preseason. He did it for nine games at the end of the year. Can he do it for a 30-games stretch, you know? Who else is a stud? Is it Bryce Williams? Is it Mast? Nebraska, last year, at the end of the year, was kind of that classic, the sum was greater than the individual parts. And while that is good, there is a reality of top-end talent that needs to be there at that big, at the Big Ten power conference level. Can Nebraska have a guy or maybe two that are in the conversation for all-conference type dudes? That remains to be seen. That's a question. Thought number seven. You know, it's, it's interesting. Fred Hoiberg was known for his shooting as a player. That, that was kind of his identity. But so far, Fred Hoiberg has really struggled to field a good three-point shooting team in Lincoln. In his four years at Nebraska so far, none of his teams have finished better than 195th in the country in three-point percentage as a, as a team. 256th in the country, 293rd in the country, 250th in the country. I mean, they've been... They've been poor three-point shooting teams. And that has just made scoring at times really, really hard. Now, Hoiberg, he's a guy that plays the analytics, right? He wants shots at the rim, and he wants threes. And the threes have just been extremely tough to come by. 
So the question is, will this team be different? Tominaga can shoot. We know that. Wilcher is billed as a shooter. Shot it good two years ago, but had a little bit of a slump down year. He only shot it 31% from three last year. Can he get back to being a 40% guy? Jawan Gary has struggled to be consistent as a shooter. Josiah Alec isn't a great shooter, but that's not really his game. Same with Rink Mast. Like, he's, he can shoot, but he's only a career 33% three-point shooter. You, got, you probably got to respect it, but it's not like he's out there, you know, splashing him. Jamarcus Lawrence did make 37% of his threes, but he didn't take a ton of them. Nebraska needs two of its newcomers to really come to Lincoln and, and be dead-eye shooters. Bryce Williams, he made 58 threes last year at Charlotte, and he shot 39.7%. He almost shot 40% from, from three. And then Jerron Coleman, he made 68 threes last year at Ball State. He shot it at 35%. Nebraska needs those two guys to shoot it. And if you combine that with Tominaga and a good three-point shooting season from, from Wilcher, which I think he's capable of, and then guys like you know Jamarcus Lawrence and Rink Mast and Juwan Gary, those guys are efficient and capable, then I like that three-point picture. But nevertheless, it is a big question mark for me. Can this team knock down threes? Thought number eight. So I've talked about that, the fact that Nebraska, its team and, and its program kind of did a total makeover last year. They they went from, Nebraska went from one of the softest teams to a really tough team in one offseason. But it was an emphasis, right? Like Fred recruited to it and the staff held everybody to that standard. But with Sam Griesel gone, who was tough, with Emmanuel Bandamel, who was tough. And Derek Walker gone, who was tough. How does that standard get upheld? Like, what does that standard look like this year? Like I said at the top, I like where the culture is heading. And this topic kind of falls into that category. So I expect it con- to continue. Because I do think there has been, there is a standard now. But... You have to constantly be investing in that, and you have to constantly be coaching to it and holding people to that standard. The reality is Nebraska's margin for error still isn't very big. They have to be excellent in the controllables. Effort, communication, 50-50 balls, rebounding, et cetera, et cetera. Last year's team took a massive step in all of those areas. But got a lot of new faces. Can this group that's going to be relying on a lot of these newcomers, Rink Mast and Bryce Williams and Josiah Alec and Jerron Coleman, can those guys come in and play to that standard? Nebraska flies around on defense. They play that no middle defense, meaning they try to force things to the baseline and then they full rotate from the baseline to the ball. So picture if someone drives it baseline, there's usually a Husker meeting them outside of the lane line and then they really swarm to it and they're rotating. They full rotate to the ball and then they have to rotate behind all of that. And it's, all I'm saying is that style takes great effort and great awareness. It is not your typical like, hey, we are in man-to-man, match up and guard your guy. It's way more than that. It is a tough defense to play. But when it's right, it's a hard defense to play against. 
It's a hard defense to attack offensively. It is the kind of defense where if you aren't locked in and flying around, you stick out right away. So I'm excited to see if they can continue that standard that was that was starting to get established last year. Again, this team isn't talented enough to not be really good in this area. I cannot wait to, to watch what all of that looks like because this is really, really important. Thought number nine. So I've always said, even in the midst of Nebraska's struggles over the course of its, you know, I mean, almost entirety of, of the program's existence, but I've always said that that one of the things that gives Nebraska basketball a good chance to get out from its struggles is the fact that it has a legit home court environment. There is a legit environment in Pinnacle Bank Arena. The fans support it. That's real. I'm telling you, again, this is my 10th year with Fox. I call a lot of college basketball games. I go to a lot of different arenas. I see a lot of different crowds. I see a lot of different programs at different stages. You go to some other programs that have been struggling. DePaul can't really draw anybody. Georgetown's home, even Georgetown. Georgetown's home crowds. Now, they've hit a little dip here, but they're, they're, their home crowds have been bad for years. But Pinnacle Bank Arena is different. They draw. And when it's rocking in there, it's a really tough place to play. So when you combine that with the fact that I do agree with with Trev Albert's thought that the way that a team plays, like the crowd can react to that. Like the way that that team played last year, the crowd really reacted in a positive way. And I think the same thing is true for this team, too. Nebraska needs Pinnacle Bank Arena to be a hornet's nest. Nebraska needs to protect its home court. That's the thing with college basketball. Behind most consistently great college basketball programs, they have the kind of home court atmosphere where you just kind of assume they won't really lose at home or maybe they only lose a game or two. You know, Kansas, Duke, Purdue, those teams just don't lose very much, if at all, at home. Now, I'm not suggesting that Nebraska needs to run the table at home or anything like that. But what I am saying is for Nebraska to get out of the cellar of the Big Ten and into that middle of the pack upper area of the Big Ten and get their name called on Selection Sunday and go play in the NCAA tournament or even the NIT, they need to be really good at home. Nebraska plays 10 Big Ten home games. Can Nebraska go 7-3? and Nebraska went 6-4 and four last year. Can Nebraska go 7-3? and three? Could they go 8-2? and two? Ideally, they're 7-3, and three, maybe 8-2. and two. And I think the ingredients are there from a fan support perspective for Pinnacle Bank Arena to be a tough place to play. Nebraska needs all the help that it can get. And that pen, that PBA home crowd needs to be one of them. Tenth and final thought. 
So the, the last thing I wanted to touch on was kind of the status of Fred Hoiberg and what this year needs to look like and what I think it will look like because this is year five for Fred Hoiberg. Now, conventional wisdom would say that Fred Hoiberg likely needs to make the postseason this year to be secure moving forward as the head coach at Nebraska. Now, I really don't think Trev Alberts wants to make a move. I really don't. But I think Fred Hoiberg making either the NIT or, of course, the NCAA tournament, I think that would be uh, great. Like, I think where things – I like where things are trending, like I've said. And like I said at the top, in some ways, this is almost like year two with Fred Hoiberg for me. I know that probably bothers some Husker fans that feel like they've been waiting for forever to get things rolled. I get it, man, but I just this it kind of it kind of feels like year two to me because he revamped everything, staff, recruiting, philosophy. And so I just want to see what this all can look like with this new direction and plan. Because it's direction, it's a direction and plan that I like. But I also get that there is a reality to the reality to this thing where there needs to be some some more steps in that right direction, tangible steps. So in my opinion, that is at least the NIT. If Nebraska makes the NIT, I'm seeing that as progress and a step in the right direction. I think Trev Alberts has proven and shown that he's he wants to be the kind of AD that supports his coaches. And I think Trev gets that certain like a certain type of team resonates with the fans and i think that team is is the ingredients are there they were it existed last year fred had that team last year and is trying to build some staying power with that kind of a blueprint and recipe so i do think trev is pleased with where things are trending with fred hoiberg and the basketball program and i am too But this year is important in terms of going out and tangibly proving that feeling of that, you know what, it's headed in the right direction. Well, what is that? That, That's one of those things that sounds nice to say. Well, what does that mean? And to me, that's at least an NIT berth. Now, of course, there are always variables with injuries and and those kinds of things that you, you then kind of adjust your thoughts on the fly or maybe how a season looks and all those kinds of things. Any way you slice it, it is an important year for Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska basketball. I like the revamped program direction. I've told you I feel like the culture is getting forged. I feel like there's a standard and a foundation getting laid. I liked where it was heading last year. I was at practice. I love what I felt being there inside of their practice facility. But it is year five, and and you know you, you have to tangibly take steps in the right directions from a win-loss standpoint. And so I'll wrap it up, I guess, with people being like, Nick, come on, give me a prediction. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to give a little bit of a prediction. Let me start with, with, with saying this. I think the Big, Ten, the Big Ten is a little down this year. Or at the very least, oh, I will say it's pretty wide open after the top two or three teams. Really after Purdue and Michigan State at the top, it's, it's pretty wide open. I mean, Purdue and Michigan State, to me, they're like, to me, it's Purdue and Michigan State, a gap, and then there's a lot of teams. I mean, Michigan State brings back basically everyone. Purdue brings back the reigning national player of the year in Zach Eady and a lot of their role players that for a team that was a one seed a year ago. 
But after that, guys, there are questions and holes with a lot of these teams. Illinois, they have a lot of they, they have a lot of of holes to fill. Maryland loses Hakeem Hart. I thought they maybe overachieved a little bit last year. But they Hakeem Hart was a big piece for them. Wisconsin, they, they are what they are. I think they're good, but they're they're never out out of this world talent-wise. Indiana loses Trace Jackson Davis, who I just don't think people understand how freaking good that guy was. Ohio State had a down year, and they have questions. I mean, Ohio State went 5-13 and 13 in conference play last year. Northwestern loses their stud defensive player in Chase Audige, who really helped take pressure off of Boo Booey to be able to go score. Iowa loses Chris Murray. Rutgers lost Cam Spencer in three starters total. Michigan lost Hunter Dickinson, who I thought was just a uh, – I think he could win National Player of the Year this year at Kansas. I mean, Hunter Dickinson's a, a, a monster. But Michigan loses Hunter Dickinson and Jet Howard, who went to the, to the NBA. Penn State lost their head coach. Shrewsbury's now at Notre Dame. And they lost Jalen Pickett, who was a superstar, and they lost all five starters. And then Minnesota was not good last year. So I guess I, I look at the conference, and I'm like, okay, you get past the top two or three teams, fairly fairly open to me. Now I'm not certainly I'm not suggesting that Nebraska is going to finish third or and or fourth or anything like that, but I am pointing out that the conference isn't on paper right now the meat grinder that it has been. So in my opinion, it is entirely possible. For Nebraska to finish middle of the pack in that, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth place range, ninth place range, which if Nebraska does that, I think they could be on the bubble and firmly in the NIT. And so I I would say I predict right now, I think Nebraska will go to the NIT. It's hard to get too lofty beyond that with their projections because of that point guard spot of just being a huge question mark for me. It's hard for me to back a team where it's like, I'm not sure what kind of point guard play they're really going to have for 30, 35 games. It's hard for me to really go all in on this team. But I like a lot of the pieces. I like the depth. I like the size inside. I like the fact that it's an older experience group. I like the foundation being laid on the defensive end of the floor. I like that they've had some staff continuity. And the to me, the best version of Keisei Tomonaga is a really dynamic player that is a big difference, make, difference maker. But there obviously are questions. There are big holes. That point guard spot like I laid out. Ball handling in general. Rink mast. The Bradley transfer at that five spot. He needs to be a really productive player. I think he will, but you never know with transfers. The ability to break down the defense off the bounce. Somebody's got to emerge there. And then just, you know, the, there's a bunch of other questions, but just the raw fact that this is still a program that is that has to establish that winning expectation and winning way and winning culture. They're, they're, I think they're heading the right direction there, but you, you still got to go do it. So while I pointed out that Nebraska or excuse me, that the rest of the Big Ten has issues and questions, obviously, so does Nebraska. So does Nebraska. So it's a really interesting season on a variety of levels. I could see a version of this thing where, where you know, Lawrence is serviceable at that point guard spot and that defensive grit is back established and Tominaga picks up where he left off and, and the transfers, Bryce Williams is, is a baller. 
Rink Mast is solid. They got depth. Alec comes in there, and he's a junkyard dog, plays hard. There's also a version of the things where you're like, man, they can't handle the ball, the point guard spot. Oh, boy, these mid-major transfers are really struggling. Tominaga's gotten shut down because the book's out on him. You know, there's a lot of different versions of this thing, right? But to me, I look at it, I think Nebraska can win 18 or 19 games in the regular season. And I think they can finish middle of the pack of the Big Ten. I do think they won't be in that when the when the Big Ten tournament comes, I don't think Nebraska is going to be in the play in game. I don't think they're going to be in the play in game. So I and I think they'll make the NIT. And that's where I'm at with it. I think you're looking at, you know, 18 win regular season, something like that. I think they're going to make the NIT. So I'm excited about I'm excited for this year, man. I'm calling a handful of, of early games for Nebraska on BTN and FS1. I got the Ryder and Duquesne games uh, against Nebraska on BTN. I'll be on the call uh, for Creighton, Nebraska, inside Pinnacle Bank Arena, which will be a great game. So I can't wait. There you go. A little Nebraska basketball preseason thoughts for you. I'm excited to see what old – the fighting Fred Hoybergs can look like this year. So cheers to Hoops being back. Can't wait to get things started. A Heard at Sports Network production. <laughs>